Welcome to another episode of the Up Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is truly a global show, and I mean a global show because uh, I have guests from uh, all around the world. We've, we've had a lot of different cities, and today I have, I've got someone from Singapore because Singapore is where it's all happening. There's a lot of uh, technology going on there. It's a fascinating place to, if you, you are interested, uh, you know, it would be a good place to go and work and, and set up. Let me introduce today's guest. His name is uh, Niranjan Rao, and he is the co-founder of Six Degrees, and that is an app uh, that is a, a contacts-based app that automatically updates. So we're going to learn about that, and also we're going to learn about how Niranjan is penetrating the massive Indian market with a huge opportunity. So uh, let me introduce you, Niranjan. Welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you very much, Paul. Thanks for having me, and a big hello to all the listeners of the App Guy podcast. Yeah, well, first of all, we, we don't often get um, entrepreneurs uh, from Singapore. Can you give us a, a sense of uh, where you're based and what, it, what it's like to work out of Singapore? So I've, uh, I've been in Singapore for a while. Um, I am, um, you know, I've, I've been here for about eight years. I'm from India originally. My co-founder is also from India and he's based in India. Singapore is um, an exciting place, uh, uh, especially in the early stages of a startup because the government here uh, is working very hard to build a technology and innovation-focused ecosystem over here. Um, but, of course, um, they understand and all the entrepreneurs understand that the real inspiration for any startup needs to come from within the entrepreneur. So they only facilitate you and they've got, they've got a series of schemes, grants, uh, etc. that can help you. Um, six Degrees began from a pain point that Arun, my co-founder, and I ourselves uh, experienced. Um, and we felt that the pain point was fairly geography agnostic in the sense that it applied to anyone with a smartphone and with contacts to manage. So we could be based in uh, you know, Singapore or Bangalore or anywhere and it wouldn't really matter. Um, but over the last, say, 10 to 15 years, we've both tended to sometimes lose touch with some of our friends because either they changed their contact details and forgot to update us or because we changed our contact details and there was no easy way for us to let all our friends know about it at the same time. So Six Degrees is a networked phone book that, lets you, that gives you automatic updates when friends change contact details and it also helps you to find people on friends' phones with their permission. That's what Six Degrees does. Well, first of all, I have to say that you're, you're um, hitting on one of the main points in this uh, whole series of podcasts, which is you're solving a real pain point in the world. And anyone who has a smartphone knows how hard it is to keep updated uh, contact information. Now, now in the pre-chat, we, we, you mentioned something about penetrating the Indian market, and you were really excited about that. Maybe we could elaborate on, on just the, the opportunity that you have in front of you. Sure. Uh, we've just been signed up by India's second largest smartphone maker, Lava, to be the default native phone book on many of their phones. Uh, this is huge for us as a startup because um, this is a huge validation of uh, what we are doing. And uh, Lava is a big name in India. They uh, probably sell uh, anywhere between three to four million phones a year. Uh, and that means that we will now have an opportunity to serve all those users um, and in terms of building a network as well, we get a huge leg up uh, that way. Um, the most encouraging thing about this is that this gives us 
um, the, the validation to continue to focus on the phone book as a space. So why do we need a new phone book? Because if you look at the phone book, it is today the missing piece in the disruption of the three fundamental pillars of the modern phone, calling, texting, and connecting. Out of these three, calling and texting have already been disrupted. Uh, you know, whether it is high quality startups uh, from the 90s like Skype, or it is more uh, recent uh, guys like uh, Reptel or WhatsApp or WeChat here in Asia. Uh, those two pillars of the smartphone have been disrupted. But when it comes to connecting, your phone book continues to be your go-to place when you think of connecting with somebody or managing your existing connections. And we are trying to disrupt this place with three new concepts, automatic updates when friends change contact details, finding people on friends' phones and being able to search for them. And number three, an enhanced level of privacy compared to several other networks like social networks, etc. Um, and we are doing this by basically networking your phone book. Networking is an approach that works. Uh, if you look at a lot of other use cases in other domains, uh, this is an approach that has vastly increased the value of each of those use cases. Um, LinkedIn, for example, is a network of resumes. So instead of listing your resume on monster.com, you could now share a rich resume, which is what your LinkedIn profile is, with your professional network. Um, LinkedIn is today the largest hiring platform in the world, and I think they're about 25 times as big as monster.com going by stock market data. And uh, if, Even if you look at a lot of, lot of other domains, uh, Evernote is a network of notes, Instagram is a network of photos. So instead of storing your photos on Picasa in a linear list, you can uh, share them in a live and rich manner with your friends. So in each of these cases, the value of the use case has been multiplied many times by networking the use case. Six Degrees wants to do this to your phone book. Yeah, because I guess it's that last thing about uh, the privacy of our phone book and, and overcoming uh, the a concern, I guess, of just opening it up and letting other friends tap into it and see it update. Absolutely. So uh, that's that's the big difference between the phone book and other social networks like, say, Facebook or LinkedIn, because when you post something on a social network, the idea is to have other people seeing it, whereas your phone book is much more private. You're happy to share your phone book with a specific set of people, your friends, your family, uh, but not just anyone. So on Six Degrees, there are a lot of uh, privacy features. Um, you decide who sees your profile, uh, who you decide who doesn't see your profile. Um, you decide which of your contacts can be accessed and which ones cannot. And even the ones that can be accessed, there's no way for you to see the phone number or the email address of a particular person. All you can see is the name and the photo uh, and the name of your friend on whose phone it is. So you'll have to request your friend to get that information. So by default, uh, your contacts, your your private data is hidden to everybody on the network. It, sound, uh, it sounds like the, an incredibly uh, disruptive uh, idea. And uh, you know that's what's slightly different, Ranjan, from a lot of the other episodes is your distribution model. You know, we often talk about uh, going through the App Store, which I know that you're doing a, a public beta at the moment, but, but your what physically on these phones, on the operating system, is that right? Yeah, so we are, um, uh, we are going to be on the phones 
from day zero. So when the uh, when the customer buys the phone, uh, we will be the phone book. So, so um, I just have to say to anyone listening to this, you don't have the headache of uh, trying to get downloads. They're already there. You know, as soon as the phone is purchased, you're on the phone. <laughs> that must be just such a, an amazing uh, you know, opportunity, really, because, I mean, one of the biggest challenges that we often face on this show when we speak to app entrepreneurs is getting people to, to download the app and put it onto their phone and to continue using it. But you're there as the default. Especially in businesses that require network effects. So unlike, say, an e-commerce business or an enterprise SaaS business, in our case, the network itself is pretty much a part of the value proposition to the user. So just like WhatsApp or Facebook, if you had two friends on WhatsApp, you, you would probably never use WhatsApp. If you had just three friends on Facebook, you would probably never log on to Facebook. But because you have 400, uh, you get on there and you spend a lot of uh, your time there. Because in reality, human beings don't interact with software. Human beings interact with other human beings. Successful startups and successful pieces of software are those which can prove themselves to be the appropriate means of such an interaction. And our distribution model really helps us because having that seed user base, uh, that, that seed base of 2 million, 3 million, how many uh, users we get, uh, is very useful because the 3 million and one user who downloads the phone, uh, who downloads the app, um, is likely to already see maybe 10 or 15 of his friends using six degrees. And that's where the user engagement uh, really begins. Now, uh, obviously this is, you could be as sensitive as you like with this question, but I was just wondering, you are the first guest to, to have this uh, opportunity to, to be the default on a phone, uh, and that's in India. How, if anyone's listening to this and they want to uh, do the same thing, have you got any guidance for how to to actually successfully negotiate to get on to uh, you know these phones uh, around the world and, and get uh, access to the default apps? I think uh, um, our uh, our attractiveness to device makers, uh, be it in India or anywhere else, is because of the fact that we are doing something that is very core to the use case of the phone. Um, unlike a shopping app or um, an app which lets people chat with each other or, or a photo app, uh, the phone book, like the email app or the calendar app, is part of the core concept of the phone. Um, OEMs appreciate the new features and the new twist that we are bringing to the phone book. Uh, and that's the main driver behind our partnership. And if so were they, were they, did you, they approach you then, I'm guessing, and, and they loved the uh, concept uh, and just had to have your uh, app on their phone? Yeah, we, we were introduced by uh, common people within the mobile industry in India. Um, but you're right, I do realize that uh, this is a very, very rare thing. This is uh, the first time that I know that a startup has managed to penetrate this deep into the OEM software stack. Uh, so, so the first thing is that. The first thing is, just like any enterprise sale, you need to think about the pain point of the customer and you need to think about how best you can fit into solving that pain point. There is no 100% answer, but the closer you can get to it, the better it is. And of course, uh, you need a lot of luck as well. 
uh, you need the customer to be aware of his own problem. You, you need the customer to be looking for a solution. Oftentimes, in the past, in many developing markets, um, hardware, uh, hardware vendors and hardware uh, companies have been focused on creating pro products that are just enough to sell. I think India is going through a very interesting phase right now where that mindset is giving way to a new mindset which is more innovation focused, where it's not enough if you just make a product that's just good enough to sell, uh, but people are focused on making products that are much better than what's already out there. Yeah, um, what I'm learning from you, Naranjan, I mean, is that what I'm learning is that uh, you, you were noticed because uh, your network as well, you and your co-founder are obviously very well networked yourself. You've got a lot of contacts in the, uh, in the OEM market and the in the mobile in industry and that ultimately then uh, probably got you noticed and I'm guessing that the public beta helped as well because uh, you had the right people who checked out the the app uh, and oh, uh, definitely. got the attention. Yes, we've had um, we've had senior people at OEMs in not just India but many other parts of Asia uh, downloading our app directly from the phone from the Play Store. We're on the Google Play Store uh, and then writing to us uh, we've also been quite fortunate uh, in the sense that when we got our uh, early stage grant from the Singapore government, we are, we are part funded by the Singapore government uh, as part of their mobile innovation scheme. Uh, it's called the iJAM. Um, so the media kind of picked up on that. And uh, when, uh, you know, when some of the guys in the industry noticed these reports in the media, I guess that was a driver for them to go and check out what we were really up to. It, and, it just it shows to me, you know, listening to you, Niranjan, it, it actually proves that sometimes you just can't replicate any successful formula. You know, that you just have to keep putting stuff out there and and then you eventually get noticed if if uh, the right people pick up on it. And, and so could you, <laughs> could you go through You're a little bit more about the public beta? Because that, that sounds like you, you've obviously had some press, you've had some coverage, that's led to a lot of other opportunities. We'd love to know what your strategy was for the public beta that you've just gone through. Right. So um, actually in the beginning, when we started working on this about 18 months ago, uh, we didn't really think of uh, the OEM strategy or the B2B2C strategy as we stand today. Uh, in the beginning, it was just about solving a problem, uh, making a really nice, fine, polished uh, product and putting it on the Play Store. Um, we've We've had, like any startup, we've had uh, uh, a big learning curve. Uh, we've uh, had a lot of trial and error into refining our features and refining the product more and more. Um, we discovered along the way, uh, based on feedback from users, that one of the big problems with the contact book is duplicate contacts. So a lot of people had this really annoying problem, and I'm, I'm sure you have it as well, where you have multiple copies of a lot of your contacts. Um, we figured out a way where we could sense that, where we could detect if you had multiple copies of uh, contacts, and we could just show them to you in a neat bunch of sets. So all you need to do is to click a button, which is the delete duplicates button, and you will see all your duplicates appearing neatly arranged into sets, and then you can just tick them and merge them. Um, our final um, upgraded version was up on the Play Store about six weeks ago. Um, and it's 
it's picked up very well. Um, we've got about 4,000, about 4,500 monthly active users in just six weeks. And what is very interesting is that we've got about 12 or 13% of our users using us daily, which suggests that they have replaced their existing phone, phone book app with six degrees. And that's a huge encouragement because this is, you know, the statistics I'm telling you do not include our tie up with Lava. So this is just organic, pure organic downloads from the Play Store. This is really the battleground, isn't it? For any app entrepreneur listening to this, it is not solely about getting the downloads because, you know, anyone can get like a, a quick download and there's a seven second period where the user decides whether they're going to use it or not, then it just never gets seen again. That, that's really unhelpful. What you're saying is that you've managed to create an app that has a uh, a lot of active users pretty quickly, but also the daily use, which, which is, it becomes one of the core apps, which I can imagine the value of that is, is immense. Right. And we did go through uh, a big phase, though, uh, about a year ago where um, the user engagement wasn't really there. I remember our very first version, which we put up on the Play Store. And I couldn't take my eyes off the Google dashboard. You know, Google give you this, gives you this analytics dashboard which tells you, like, uh, sign-ups and downloads and all that. I couldn't get myself to go to bed. Uh, and it kept, kept getting later and later into the night. And I finally had to drag myself away from the computer screen. And I remember out of our first 50 users, uh, about 45 of them didn't come back the next day. Uh, and I remember having this really heartbroken conversation with my co-founder the next day. <laughs> it's, it seems like a long time ago, but uh, we've, we've had to do a lot of iterations. Uh, we've received a lot of help from many other people uh, in the industry. Um, I, I like to speak to people who are smarter than me. Uh, that's, I believe that that's the best way to learn. Um, Is that why you took a call on this uh, podcast? <laughs> i also listened to a lot of your previous podcasts <laughs> right, okay yeah that, that's a sensible sensible obviously the key to your success Duranjan, is listening to the app guy podcast that we're learning that now <laughs> yeah yeah now this is really inspirational i have to say because uh, we often overlook you know the early stages of uh success and i can imagine that uh, there was many weeks and months where you could have just thrown a towel in and said, that's it, we quit, you know, we can't do this, That we're not getting anyone to use the app. And uh, But you persevered, you carried on. How difficult can it, is it sometimes to just keep moving forward and, and you know, tell us what it feels like when you ultimately get the big break? Yeah, uh, actually in Asia uh, and even more specifically in India, uh, entrepreneurs face massive headwinds, especially in the core technology space. Um, early stage investing in uh, in these parts is still rife with a lot of fads and a lot of uh, a lot of fashionable themes that go in and out of the market. Um, and if you notice, Asia still hasn't had a truly organic, homegrown network effects success story. So if you look at the, the largest successful networks in the world, the Facebooks, the LinkedIn's, the WhatsApp's, um, all the largest successful marketplaces, they are all from the US. And the reason for that is the evolution curve, the evolution history of not only entrepreneurs, but also investors. India is blessed 
in a sense that it has a lot of returning uh, geeks, if you may, uh, a lot of returning technocrats from the US. Uh, Silicon Valley has a lot of Indians, um, and a lot of them uh, go back home from time to time. And these guys often get inspired by what they see in the US, and they decide to take the jump and start off on their own. Arun and I, we have no external funding so far. We've been running this purely based on our own personal savings because I understand that that's the best kind of commitment that an entrepreneur can make. The best investor you can have in the first 18 months of your business, which is the riskiest 18 months that your business will ever see, is yourself. Uh, and we, we realize that. So that... You know that was a big uh, a big decision for us to take. Also, we're not we're not the youngest entrepreneurs you'll ever see. Um, I'm I'm 32. Arun is 34. Uh, we both we both family men, and uh, the opportunity cost of what we are doing in the beginning uh, when we decided to take the jump it it was quite scary because uh, it was a worrying decision for me to uh, get into this. Uh, as I wrote on my blog about a week ago. Um, I don't think I would have been able to forgive myself if I didn't take a stab at six degrees. Uh, the opportunity was uh, simply too exciting and the work involved was simply too exciting for me to uh, not do it. But at the same time, um, my, with my background in business and in investment banking, I actually spent five years at Morgan Stanley here in Singapore and uh, before that with Merrill Lynch. Uh, so the opportunity cost of doing this was, uh, was quite high. But I'm happy that both Arun and I had the appropriate level of foolishness in us uh, for us to, to, to start this. Yeah, I used to work in a, a company called Casanova, which then became uh, taken over by JP Morgan and uh, then moved to uh, other investment banks. And it, when you say the opportunity cost, basically you're giving up a big salary because we know that the salary is paid by the likes of the Morgan Stanleys, the Merrill Lynch's. It's just like very, very high and it puts you in a very comfortable position. But of course, then, you know, when you jump ship and, and, and then fund your own startup or do your own thing, it, it, the risk is that you're giving up this very wealthy career uh, to, to pursue Absolutely. a pipe dream. Absolutely. And also it lulls you, um, when you talk about a career, right, in the first two or three years as a young guy, um, you're still fairly malleable. So if you're only two or three years into banking, uh, you can still think of a lot of other things to do in your life outside. You're probably in your mid-20s. Um, but once you, I, I was in banking for eight years, eight and a half years. Uh, and once you've you've done that, it lulls you into a sense of security, a sense of inertia. Uh, and you lose the, uh, for lack of a better word, you lose the uh, totipotency that you had uh, in the embryonic stages of your career. Uh, you lose that kind of flexibility. Uh, and that was, that was another thing that we had to battle. These are not things that are specific to Arun or me. Every entrepreneur, I'm sure, goes through these things. And, and this is a battle that every entrepreneur has to fight internally. Yeah, so anyone listening to this now who is in banking, finance, uh, I'm telling you, you're probably getting institutionalized. That's what happens. You know, you, you get, <laughs> and, and so your entrepreneurial spirit starts to subside in a way, unless you create these side projects or you leave to do your own thing. 
And you and I have both taken that risk and jumped. And I, I, honestly, I've never regretted it for, um, well, maybe the odd time. But, uh, you know, when I've gone <laughs> to Dubai and I've seen people driving around in very nice cars and yeah, okay. So uh, I've given up a bit of money, but uh, oh, this this world of startups and entrepreneurial, is it's, it's just what life's all about. It gives you the sense of purpose, doesn't it? it how exciting is it doing what you've done? It's been fantastic. There's never been a day where I haven't had to make a critical decision. Um, as a guy who's managing a business, uh, a lot of people think that uh, tech startups are, are just about technology, which, which is not true at all. Um, it's uh, even in a relatively tech heavy startup like ours, uh, it's about a lot of different things, uh, about strategy, about finance, about, and the most important thing is HR. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, you, you, when, you, when you're happy in your banking job, you never even think about HR. But that's probably the most important thing that I've had to do. We've been very lucky with our hiring. We've got a really like all-star team. But uh, apart from luck, there's uh, also been a lot of work to do in, uh, in attracting that talent and retaining that talent. Luckily, we haven't had anyone leaving us so far. And uh, they're all here for good, which is really awesome. We we work together more as a family than as a team. Um, so it's so it's very exciting that way. I mean, there's there's always a, a new challenge, um, and there's never there's never a, there's never a situation where you can say, "Okay, I'm done for the day," because there's no day. There's enough work for you to do uh, that will take up the next six months of your time. So. There's no concept of weekday or weekend or, or, or day or night. Um, so in a sense, that self-discipline has to come from you as well. It has to come from within. Well, Naranjan, since you do listen to the show, that you know what's coming next. I tend to try and flesh out uh, another idea from you. You know, I know that as an entrepreneur, you are probably inundated with your own ideas, uh, too many to work on. And so I wondered in your day-to-day -day life, have you come across uh, another idea for an app or something that uh, can be disruptive? And I wondered if you could share that with us. Oh, another idea. <laughs> ideas are ideas are a plenty, actually. Uh, and if you spend any amount of time um, talking to other entrepreneurs in uh, early stage uh, startup circles, you know, you, ideas are just like floating around everywhere. Uh, I often have on my... I don't know if you see this, but on my like Facebook feed and stuff, I often have people asking, uh, "Hey, is anyone traveling from the U.S. to India? I need, you know, I need you guys to bring some stuff." Ah, um, oh, what? Yeah, I'm, this is fascinating. Yeah, so I, I, what would be really interesting is if someone could uh, come up with a way to share your airline luggage space, like Airbnb for airline luggage space. How's that? That. <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, that is an aha moment for me, and I'm sure everyone listening. That that is incredible. You could become like um, the DHL, uh, but uh, like a personal. You could be disruptive. You could uh, agree to carry stuff for other people and uh, do it through the app. Uh, yeah, because there's like stuff that I would need from the US that I can't get, and um, oh, that that is a great idea. Yeah, mostly electronics and stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I honestly think that's a terrific idea. So Airbnb for uh, personal items uh, of um, uh, in your luggage. Cool. Very good. Very good. Um, 
that's actually one of the best ideas I think I've probably had on the show. I'm telling you, that is big. <laughs> if, <laughs> if anyone builds that, I've got a whole list of things that I actually could request right now. They owe you an interview at the least. Yes. If not share. Yes. Uh, yeah. If you build that, then please come on the too. show and speak about it. Uh, Niranjan, last thing before we say goodbye. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your one or two favorite apps on your smartphone, the apps that perhaps you're using right now uh, that uh, help you uh, get through the day and that you feel that we wouldn't have come across before. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming you've got six degrees on your home screen, but uh, <laughs> any others? Um, I'm a bit of a boring um, smartphone user. I, I use all the usual apps, you know, WhatsApp and, and, and stuff like that. But you know what? The, the one app that helps me survive the weekend without getting beaten up by my wife is this app called Out of Milk. It's, this, it's basically a grocery listing app. It's, it doesn't do anything that you can't do on Evernote, for example, but it's kind of cool because it's got these nice tick boxes. So uh, whenever she thinks of something that we need to buy over the weekend, she just taps it in and it syncs real time with my phone. Uh, and, uh, you know, when, when either of us is in the vicinity of a shop somewhere, we just buy the stuff and we bring it home. So it's uh, it's a cool way to uh, manage your grocery list. It's called Out of Milk. Yeah, it's got a lot of downloads. It sounds great, and it's reminding me of uh, I think a YouTube ad I saw recently uh, regarding Amazon. And Amazon now have these little buttons that you can put around the house that uh, are yes. uh, simple things to reorder. Yes. And I can almost imagine like if there was some kind of synchronization with that app, so you could have. Uh, you know, near near the uh, the pantry or wherever you keep the regular right. foods, you could have like a little bread button or like you know a list of things, and you just tap them in, and then it all goes through to the app. Uh, that would be great. I hope the M and A guys at Amazon are listening to your show. <laughs> yeah, we just actually had a, a chat with the chief evangelist at, at Amazon. So um, yeah, they they do listen to the show. Um, so yes, Amazon, awesome. we're stealing some of your ideas and. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. Um, Naranjan, this is so inspirational. I have to say, what a great chat with you. What what um, a truly wonderful story. How, how I mean, I will put all the li- the uh, notes and the things that we mentioned on the show notes. Uh, so if you're listening to this, you're driving, don't worry. You don't have to take down um, you know anything. Just go to theappguy.co and it's episode 292 with Naranjan Rao and you'll see uh, links to the app that we talked about and also links to you, Naranjan. But how best can we reach out and connect with you? Oh, uh, Six Degrees is uh, on all the major social networks. Uh, we've got a demo video on uh, YouTube, which we've just put out, uh, which is it's kind of cool. Uh, I hope people can go out and look for it. Just search for Six Degrees phone book and you'll find the video. Uh, and you can see our website on www.get6degrees.com. That's G-E-T, the number six, D-E-G-R-E-E-S.com. Wonderful. I'm assuming the name is behind the concept that we uh, are connected with everyone somehow with, within six degrees. Separation theory. Yes, correct. It's uh, it's an old concept which can never be proven or, or disproved, but uh, it's a fun concept. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about the separation that we had, uh, it was maybe three or four and uh, till I got to you. So, yeah, I do think that that theory is uh, pretty valid. 
Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> well, Naranja, thanks so much for joining us. All the best with uh, the three million odd phones that you're going to sell with your app on them in India and with the uh, the actual full launch of uh, Six Degrees. I, I highly recommend people should go and actually download that now from the Android uh, Google Play Store and, uh, and leave you a positive review as well. That would be helpful. Um, so thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And, uh, you know, you're... you're You've got a really nice show, uh, and I'm going to continue to listen to it in the future. All the best. Romano listeners, go to theappguy.co to access the backlog of past interviews. I've got hundreds of interviews with startup founders, millionaires, entrepreneurs, and app developers, authors. It's a wonderful resource, and you'll get access to it. Uh, initially, you can get it for free. Just go to theappguy.co and register where you will then be able to access uh, off-air chats as well as past interviews. Thanks very much for listening.